It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. J.C. Sherbert, Phil Molinax here with you on a Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. Uh, morning. Kind of, yeah, Monday morning. Uh, everybody's getting out of bed and all that good stuff. So, uh, ah, kind of a tough weekend for the Gamecocks. Um, I know that right after the game, I, I was, uh, I don't know, pretty critical. <laughs> uh, also, uh, <clears throat> you know, thought that upon further review that, you know, the Gamecocks did not play well. It was not a thing of beauty, but I also uh, should have given more credit to Arkansas. Uh, I think that when you look at what they do, they are going to have uh, a chance to beat everybody they play. Um, You know, just kind of looking at, how how tough they are to tackle, how tough their scheme is to stop, how their guys run it on offense, uh, how the first time you you know you get something stopped, and the next thing you know, they're chucking it down the field, <laughs> uh, or going wide, or they're they're doing some kind of misdirection. I, I, I thought Kendall Browles called a great game uh, for them, but you know, oftentimes we talk about every game as if it's some sort of coaching matchup, right? Yeah, uh, I think Saturday, uh, yes, uh, I, I thought he got the right calls in at the right time, but I also think their players, uh, particularly their offensive line, uh, dominated uh, South Carolina. Uh, and, and there's been some talk about my initial game thoughts on Saturday, and I want to address that. Uh, I put them on TV. I, said, the, the lead, I ended up deleting them because I was trying to make a greater point that, you know, at some point, you know, watching the same issues over and over again on the field, uh, i.e. lack of blocking, susceptible to the run on defense, all that uh, outweighs, you know, or or can potentially outweigh all the good that's happening. And it kind of read like I was taking a shot at the culture talk or at Justin King and the social media crew and all that. It read like a snarky little, me, you know, <laughs> and so I deleted it. Uh, but the, but my general point was not, and I was like, oh God, and, you know, and I was like, I wouldn't because everybody's like, why are you taking a shot at Justin? And I'm like, I'm not, dude, I love all the things they do. I mean, uh, I'm just like, you know, at, at some point, people are tired of watching the same old issues, right? <clears throat> um, and, uh, uh, you know, so I, I wanted to clarify that that's why I took that down. I, I, and I'm not saying that that's not true. I think you know, uh, the Gamecocks need to get some things fixed. Uh, would it have allowed them to be in position to win had they played a little bit better against the run, made a few more tackles that they didn't make? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I think they got enough uh, on offense, uh, particularly down the stretch in a weird, wild, crazy uh fourth quarter right it's 30 a 37 point outburst by both teams in the fourth quarter but you know i I don't think especially early on you know some of those misfits or whatever on defense that that those led to to long drives and touchdowns um but 
if Arkansas against anybody they schedule uh, on their schedule, and I'm talking Alabama too, and I'm not jumping off the tide bandwagon just because they struggled to beat Texas. Uh, you know, I think Alabama's a great football team, but they play those guys in Fayetteville. And if you let them get in third and less than five, uh, they're a, I mean, how do you, I mean, I sat there thinking, well, and I'm not, I'm sure there's some defensive coordinator out there somewhere <laughs> that will, yeah. but how do you stop it? Because if you stop the pass, he's going to tuck it and run. Uh, and then he's hard to tackle, especially with, uh, by defensive backs. Uh, if he runs the ball and, and you uh, you bottle him up, he, he can pitch it or throw it. Uh, and I mean, it's just like, what do you, you know, what? How do you stop it? Um, and that's uh, that's probably um, you know that, that that's probably one of the harder offensive schemes to stop out there right now, given their personnel at this time. Uh, I've always been a big Kendall Browse guy. And I've always liked the Browse offense in general because it is versatile. I mean, you have something right now that's sort of the equivalent uh, with a little more flair and, and, and a little more pizzazz uh, to what, um, you know, Houston Nutt and Gus Malzahn used to run back when Arkansas had uh, Darren McFadden in the Wildcat the whole time. Yeah. Uh, you know, how do you stop it? Well, it looks kind of, you know, it looks easier than it is uh, out there. So, um, <clears throat> you know, anyway, I, I wanted to just say, I, I was like, look, that's a, uh, you know, South Carolina has its flaws. Uh, I don't know why they didn't try to establish the run a little bit more in the first half. Uh, I don't – I mean, you know, the, the first drive, uh, Spencer goes around the edge for eight. Uh, Bell gets a six-yard carry, and then they kind of abandon it. Um, I, I don't know if, if Carolina would have been successful running the ball, but they didn't try a lot. You know, 17 carries – 73 yards without Rattler's stats. Uh, I haven't gone through and uh, factored out like which which ones of his uh, yardage went for positive yards or whatever, but it's uh, still under 100 yards. Uh, the poll question last week was, will Carolina get above 125 yards rushing against Arkansas? That was a no. Big time, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Rattler, I thought, improved game one, game two. I think particularly uh, Spencer Rattler's second half uh, Saturday was very, very good. Um, you know, and, and I think that, uh, they could continue to develop that passing game. And, and look, folks, I'll remind people too. Um, it, it, as much talk as there is about play calling and, and uh, the offense in general, and look, I'm not sold that this is the right offense, you know, at South Carolina long-term. I'm, I think it's always just like everything to be determined. But Spurrier had some games like that Saturday where he just chunked it all over the yard. I mean, sometimes you you, you, you come in and you decide you're going to do that, and you do. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't really have a problem with that. Do I wish they would have maybe stuck with the run a little more? Yeah. I thought Marshawn Lloyd was able to get, you know, you know, they may have lathered him up a little bit, and he could have uh, busted, busted some plays, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Seven carries, 23 yards, a really nice seven-yard touchdown. And then Marshawn, again, in the past game, six catches, 72 yards, um, you know, including a big screen pass on the first scoring drive right there to kind of beat Arkansas's momentum back. But the second quarter got him, Phil. I mean, you know, that was uh, – That's the dagger, yeah. They were able to get up 21-3, and then you scratch and claw, and you get the touchdown before the half. You miss the extra point. 
And then on third and 17, it's probably to me the play of the day for the Gamecocks. You know, Rattler steps up and fires a bullet over the middle uh, to Antoine what, Juice Wells, and uh, he just runs away from everybody. Uh, <clears throat> so this is a super – there's two super positives, you know. Uh, it's hard to hard to come up with super positives, you know, when, when, you, when, you, you're, when they, you get beat like that. But uh, t- there's two super positives. Number one, I think Juice Wells is a – is an emerging superstar uh, in the SEC. Eight catches, 189 yards, the touchdown, almost had another one. Uh, Also, uh, that's on top of a seven-catch deal from last week. I like to see them getting him vertical more, Uh, although that – they kept running him horizontal, and then it paid off on that the, the first touchdown <laughs> that he yeah. scored. There he goes. Yep. Um, well, that was that was where you know you're giving him the middle of the field. You might as well take it. Yeah, <laughs> get it, get it yeah, into his hands. Uh, I think yeah. the good thing about that is we emerged with a clear number one. Right? People are like, do we have a number one receiver? Do we? You know, yeah, and we do. We do. Juice is the real deal. <laughs> he is. I, I thought Jalen Brooks played well again. Uh, yeah. Austin Stogner getting five catches. I think was big. He was used in the offense. A lot of talk about why Jaheim Bell's not part of the passing game more. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, ask Marcus Satterfield. You're going to have to ask Satterfield. He, he didn't do much on the ground after that first six yard carry either, and, and that's a shame because he's a really good player. Um, but you know, I, I did think so. That was my first super positive. Phils was Juice Wells. I, I and I've been kind of seeing his praises for a long time, and. You know, a lot of folks, some folks were skeptical, some folks knew, uh, but some folks were skeptical because it came from James Madison or whatever. I, th- I think he's, I think he's a, the real deal, um, yeah. you know, and I think he's uh, going to have a really, really good year uh, for South Carolina moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, I thought Nick Emin, and thank goodness, because uh, that side yeah. of the ball suffered some injuries. Nick Emin Warre, man, uh, uh, and, and it's against a team like that too. I mean, the, where your your eyes have to be right as a safety fill. Mm-hmm. I thought he was all over the field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, flying to the ball again. I mean, looked like the best performer on defense again. I mean, there'd be more twenty one jerseys sold, you know, <laughs> than there have been since Marcus Lattimore <laughs> was here. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, break your twenty ones out because they're good again. Yeah, <laughs> there you get that. Get that back. Um, he. Uh, he got uh, got seven solo tackles, eleven total tackles. A quarterback hurry. Uh, what I like point. is it, it didn't, the moment didn't look too big for him. I mean, and it could have been. You're a freshman. You're on the road. You're playing arguably the top two team in the SEC right now. Uh, we'll see how that holds up, but you know, it, it could have gotten way out of hand for him, but he continued to just pound away, make plays, be in the right places. There were some mistakes, you know, a couple of little blown coverages and things, but other than that, yeah, good game. Yeah, I, I thought so. And, and it, you know, uh, you, you worry about that spot because you do have a freshman back there. Um, but, uh, you know, one play in particular, I think Arkansas was running the sweep. Uh, and toward the goal line, and he comes from the back end and just you know mows the guy down short. Now the hog scored. I think that was on the first drive, Phil. I think he did that on the first drive. But uh, really good player. Zach Pickens played really well with twelve tackles, half tackle for lost. I thought Al Birch uh, played well again, second straight game. Um, 
So maybe he's coming on. Uh, but, but, you know, we, we talk about Arkansas, and we'll close the book on the Razorbacks because I, I think we've done a really good job uh, talking about this this Arkansas team because it was the SEC opener uh, with Trey Biddy in here. Uh, I think Drew Sanders, the kid they got from Alabama, is an animal <laughs> yeah. uh, on defense. I, I thought he was a big difference maker for them. Two sacks, three tackles for loss, a deflection, a hurry. Uh, when they sent him, he was a handful. And I think he'll be a handful for everybody else. Um, <clears throat> and look, Arkansas, uh, again, you know, don't. You know, just because they're not Alabama or LSU or whoever. I mean, they got Missouri State coming up, and then they've got uh, A&M. I think they play that out in Dallas. And then they play Alabama at home on October 1st, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be hanging from the rafters in Hogland. Now, now we talked before, their schedule's tough because after that, three straight road games at Mississippi mm-hmm. State, at BYU, I don't know who scheduled that. BYU beat Baylor this weekend, by the way. They're number 12 in the country. And then at Auburn, and then Liberty, right? Yeah, Ooh, shoe buddy, woo pig. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, you, you look down the road, and I'm like, you know, watching Alabama play this weekend. I mean, I don't, I don't know of a single defense because Arkansas is not playing Georgia, and Georgia's right. defense obviously looked pretty good against Oregon. Um, and probably again could be the best defense in the conference, maybe not. But uh, I, I, I look at how you know Alabama's defense and the defenses that are left on Arkansas schedule, and I'm like. They're going to be really hard to stop. I mean, I, I don't and, – and, and, you know, maybe you look – sometimes you look on a game and you're like, oh, you know, especially in a uh, – you know, it, it is Arkansas. And, and it's a team that, you know, for the last 10 years has kind of been in the wilderness as a program. And, you know, Carolina hadn't lost to them in a long time, you know, that kind of thing. I think it was 09 the last time Carolina lost or, – or, sorry, 2011 is the last time the Gamecocks lost to the Razorbacks. And so that's 11 years. You know, and so people aren't used to it, but uh, heck, they're good. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, and I think that with the, the team they have this year, that they, that's they really are, they really are making good use of the of the players they have within their the two systems on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, uh, hats off to them. And I, and I think after watching it again. I'm like, I know some of the same old issues came up in that game uh, for Carolina, and I wouldn't be surprised if they came up again for Carolina this Saturday, given who they're playing. Uh, but I, I looked at it. It's like it was much more about execution by Arkansas and then the physical, um, I don't want to say domination, but clearly Phil Arkansas's offensive line won the battle. Oh, yeah. Lines of scrimmage. I mean, we, we talked about that, and, you know, I think, I think they won the battle there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, had, sometimes you got to give the credit to the opponent, right? Uh, oh, yeah. They, and so. plenty do there to them. But, you know, I mean, I, everybody's being so critical about everything across the board. But, you know, it's just, I mean, it's a hell of a team we just played. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I was I wrong in thinking we could sneak one by them. But, hell, it, it, here's the thing. The team didn't quit. You know, and I think this is something that a lot of people are talking about, too. And it should be stated that, you know, this team could have just quit, threw its hands up and said, no, nah, you know, screw it. We're getting out of here. <laughs> yeah, you, get, you get behind 21-3 like yeah. that. And you're like, you know, oh, here we go again. Yeah, we're losing again. And, okay. and look, you know, you're, you're sitting there and it's 21-16 and you're like, 
It's 21-16. Carolina just got the ball back. Arkansas has been dominating. The, really, to that point, you feel like Arkansas is dominating the game, yet they're only up five on the scoreboard. Yep. You know, that's what was so frustrating about it, I think, because – and look, this, this isn't on Shane Beamer and his staff, but a lot of times, many, many times during the Muschamp era, and, and I'm not putting this on Muschamp either. I'm just saying – this is a trend Carolina people have sat through. Okay, finally you get back, you get back, you get back, you get back, you come back, you're right there, uh, and you've got some stops on defense, momentum on offense, and then all of a sudden the other team just goes right down the field. Yep. Boom. And that happened time and time again uh, during the Muschamp era. You know, and, and not so much last year. Last year um, Last year, it was either kind of like, Phil, either the Gamecocks were going to, you know, come out and play a tough game and, and play a close game or, or win, or, or you knew within the first 10 minutes what was going to happen. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was sitting there thinking Saturday about that, and I was like, oh, you know. And when they cut it to 21-16, I was like, oh, that's, this is this is different than, than what, what would happen last year because the Gamecocks have, I think – I think the Gamecocks athletically, player-wide, they have the firepower on offense uh, to make some things happen. They just, you know, again, very leaky offensive line, did not establish a push up front. And, and that may be, you know, if you want to talk about the lines, I, Arkansas's offensive line obviously got the best of Carolina's defensive line and defense in general. Um, but, you know, South Carolina's offensive line, you know, I thought – you know, Arkansas had, you know, they have some new get new faces up front. Uh, Drew Sanders is more of a linebacker type where you got to kind of figure out where he's at. Um, you know, that kind of thing. I, I think Carolina's offense in general needs to really concentrate on like freelancing defensive players, FDPs. <laughs> uh, I'll call that because those guys, like Georgia State, had success doing that. And then uh, a little more selectively, Barry Odom uh, had success doing that for Arkansas. Uh, this past weekend. So, you know, disappointing day uh, from the standpoint of not so much a loss, but some of the same issues over and over. Um, that's what I was kind of disappointed about. And, you know, like my point was on Saturday, uh, I hope that this changes. The on-the-field deal changes because uh, there's too much good otherwise to keep sit there and watch the same thing over and over and over again. You know, and uh, so here we go. Turn the page, you know, uh, and we'll talk to Keith also. Uh, we're going to talk to Keith like uh, at the top of the hour to get his review. We'll spend most of the day kind of reviewing. Uh, going to get in the Nanosports chat box right now. Um, and the I help consulting mailbag, I'm sure, has a lot of. Oh, yes, yeah, we're loaded. Oh, locked, <laughs> oh, my God, locked and loaded. We're loaded. All right. So, anyway, um, and, and also, you know, guys, uh, one final point before we get in the Nana's chat, Sports chat box. It was a weird, weird day in college football. Right. A weird, weird day. I mean, Alabama, Texas, we talked about. App State. Never schedule App State. Now, why? People will never learn their lesson. <laughs> Texas it doesn't matter home or away. Don't schedule App State. Look, man, in Texas A&M through two games, and uh, this is kind of surprising to me because I thought I thought their defense would be, you know, a bit leaky and, and young and stuff like that. Defense has played okay. Uh, 31 points against Sam Houston and then 14 
against the Happy Appies. Uh, they have Miami and Arkansas the next two weeks. And then I believe they play Alabama. <laughs> I'm believing a lot more in Miami doing well in that game this week than I was going. I'm like, I'm like, so I'm, I'll, I'll just break this down to A&M could, <laughs> could legitimately be like one and two, three. All right. So they've got App State, Miami. Arkansas, Mississippi State on the road, who's owned them, mm-hmm. Alabama on the road, and Carolina's the third straight road game. So they don't beat they don't beat Miami this weekend, which I, I kind of think they'll rebound and find a way. Yeah. Uh, but then they got Arkansas. I don't see them beating Arkansas. Uh, at Mississippi State, I must I don't see them beating Mississippi State. At Alabama, pfft. and then so the Gamecocks. So this A and M game, and I and I said it over the offseason. I said if you're going to get A and M, you better get them this year. Uh, because those those players are going to get older or whatever, if indeed that all works out, because we know about the NIL deals and, and all that, you know, and I think that I think they're a test case uh, in a lot of ways. But um, that was a tough loss for them, you know, because all of a sudden that changes dynamics. Yeah, Georgia Southern mercifully ending the Scott Frost era at Nebraska, 45-42. And then uh, – the biggest surprise for me and the one I paid dearly for around the house was uh, Marshall beating Notre Dame. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I couldn't wow. believe that. But I was uh, – I, I kind of like Marshall as a program, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, well, that makes me kind of happy to see. You know, we, we, we all know what happened. There's a movie with McConaughey in it. And all that. <laughs> well, hats off to the Sun Belt because they put on a hell of a show this week. Keep saying, man. <laughs> Sun Belt's got uh, – Georgia State – Nearly knocked off North Almost. Carolina. That was a hell of a game. North Carolina is like in survivor mode right now. I think I, I think somebody ranked them in the top twenty-five this week. I'm like, well, that's just kind of, yeah, I guess so. I mean, who who knows uh, how Mac Brown and the Heels will do? But they're three and zero, and it's it's a very ugly three and zero in a lot of ways. And survival. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a survival kind of thing too. All right, Nana Sports chat box. By the way, hour number one of Inside the Gamecocks. The show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate of South Carolina. Please, please, please take advantage of Cindy Searfoss's services. Uh, and uh, we've had several uh, happy customers that have done so uh, that are, mem- are members of our site, listeners to our show. How about that? Uh, as you guys can see, I've got a haircut this weekend. Lived up to your word. Like it. I knew I was going to do this uh, if, as soon as it happened. But, uh, yeah, it was getting on my nerves. It was out of control. It was getting um, a bit bushy. <laughs> yeah. Nana Sports chat box. Craig says, morning, crew. Morning, Craig. Lance says, what up, killers? Tough weekend, but hope some of these injuries are not serious. I feel for Strawn and Cobb. That was another big storyline we didn't touch on. Yeah, yeah. Those are two very significant losses. And with those two guys, you got to kind of recalibrate a little bit expectations yeah. wise on defense, I would think, but uh, we'll see kind of what it is. Shane Beamer did not sound confident. Those guys were going to be back and said, that, you know, they want to talk to those guys and uh, you know, they can come out and tell the media and the public more uh, with that. But I, I felt bad for him too. That was, that was tough. Strong was playing well. Kaba obviously mm, shit. for him to get shut down right now is just brutal. Yeah. Brutal. 
Craig says seven minutes into the second quarter before we hand it to a running back. Yeah. You know, through two games, Phil, uh, you know, you haven't really wanted to come out and establish the run. No, and it just, it was baffling. Like, I mean, hell, even the the crew in the (laughs) press box noticed it. It was like, and that's the first carry for an actual running back. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I, you know. I I didn't understand that, uh, you know, but. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I get the game plan was to throw it over, you know, just throw it at them, try to, you know, take advantage of a, a banged up secondary and, and you know, some some newer faces. But you, you got to freaking run the ball. You have yeah. to run the ball. And sometimes, sometimes those secondary absences, too, can can hurt you and can make a team vulnerable to the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to come up, and you make a couple people miss. I mean, I don't know. Well, uh, they're giving you light boxes, dude. That was the other thing. It was like I understand yeah. what your game plan is going into this, but if they're going to put four people in the box, then I mean, give it a chance. <laughs> you know, try yeah, to run the ball. Almost. That, that's one one instance with, with this offense where I almost and look, I. I went back and forth with the RPO thing during the McClendon and Roper play calling era, right? Uh, I'm not so sure that in that case, if you have like a bunch of RPO packages or some, at least in your offense, that you just don't go RPO heavy right there because you're just reading the box and handing off. Maybe they didn't feel like they could get any push or open any holes even with a light box. Neither that or they were just looking at it like, oh, okay, now we're going to be able to actually block because they're they're only going to send three. (laughs) Yeah, the counter to that is they're dropping freaking eight. (laughs) There's 11 Uh, guys on the field. Right, right? you know. Yeah, I don't And that's why I thought intentionally running Rattler a bit more would have been fairly effective in that in that scenario. First play of the game, he takes off. Yeah, I was happy to see it. I'm like, look at that, he picked up eight freaking yards. I, I was like, it was like <laughs> Phil was a, yeah, it was one of your keys, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm run like yeah, go Rattler, go Phil. You know, I was like, and then we never saw it again. And then it stopped. It just died. I mean, <laughs> and, and that, and I can't, you know, and that crazy chain situation on the opening drive, I think, cannot be just glossed over because they we run in tempo. You got momentum going at that point. And then here on a third down where you just want to keep running and, you know, keeping your tempo up, we have to slow down for procedural crap. Yeah. It was, that was, a, a, it was, yeah. And it almost felt like they were, you know, and the, they kind of gave Arkansas a chance to sort of regroup or whatever on that particular drive. And then the first scoring drive, I thought, you know, surely they're not going to just run screen after screen after screen. Uh, I was like, about the fourth time you do it, you, you know, they're probably going to sniff it out, man. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they're going to blow this up now. Oh, look. <laughs> now, 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 again, in fairness, uh, in uh, in 2013, out at Missouri, Spurrier kept doing that. He kept <laughs> he just kept throwing this little screen uh, to the running back, Mike Davis, and Gamecast went right down the field because they never covered it. Uh, mm-hmm. And guess who ran the defense? I think it. Uh, no, that Barry Odom was not there yet. No, so yeah, yeah. Stan corrected. Stan corrected. Odom was not back at Missouri yet. But anyway, uh, Chris says. Uh, actually, Lance says he'll be there Saturday, hoping for a miracle. Yeah, I, I show up for the game. Look, don't dampen this game yet because this is a huge recruiting weekend. Yeah, <laughs> and it's 20, 26 point favorite for the dogs. I'll remind everybody Florida was a 20 and a half point favorite against the Gamecocks last year. Lost by 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think Georgia through two games has been 
extremely impressive, uh, just like they were last year. They keep on rolling. Uh, but it's two games. You got to look at the opponents. Uh, it's their first road game of the year. So this is a different environment. And, you know, uh, the SEC opener for the Bulldogs. So the Gamecocks, uh, I think you give them a game. You know, I, I, I don't see why not. I don't, I don't know if the, the, the matchups probably don't favor the Gamecocks all that much. But mm-hmm. I, I think when you've got big playability on your offense, like Carolina does, uh, you know, you, you can make some things happen. Now, we're going to talk more about big playability versus – a big play offense. <laughs> a bil- ability just means, hey, you know, that that's the kind of thing there. Chris says it's wild. We can't get Bell the ball other than there's a running back. No idea why. Yeah. Bud says, why not sell out to stop the run? We aren't stop we weren't stopping the run or the pass. Um, that's because you know, when you run come up to stop the run, Mike, like like that, then the, that's when those wide open passes happen. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a t- I mean, it, you know, w- when Kendall Browse and, and these guys have the players to fit like what they want to do, or they have, uh, cause their offense is so versatile. This is what I love about it. You know, people, this is what I love about that offense. Okay. The, the Bryles tree. Cause you could do everything from like what, what, what Lane Kiffin's doing at Ole Miss to what Heupel's doing at Tennessee, uh, to this thing that Arkansas is doing. It's this, it's the same thing, but it's that, that, that system is a great college system because it's versatile and it's great for uh, the programs that need to do more with less, right? Yeah. Because you're not always going to have a guy that that's an elite guy throwing it down the field. I mean, you know, you and then likewise, you're not always going to have a guy that can run the ball uh, at quarterback. You're not always going to have, you know, the ability to go five wide with speed at receiver. You know, sometimes you may have have a bunch of bigger guys like Arkansas. Uh, sometimes you're going to have a tight end like Trey Knox. Sometimes you're not. You know, sometimes, I mean, uh, and that's kind of the way it is at most programs. You know, I mean, there's a reason why Georgia uh, over the years has always kind of run a pro-style offense is because they can. They always get the best running backs in the country. They're always pretty decent on the offensive line, at least. Uh, They always have a pretty good quarterback. Um, They're able to do that personnel-wise. Other schools are not. you got to be different. Now, uh, Marcus Satterfield's offense, to his credit, is different. I mean, it's way different. Uh, but speaking of Arkansas, I like the Browse system because, Mike, kind of that's what happens. So, you know, defenses want to come, sell out, stop the run. Okay, well, we're just going to pop it over the middle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, you know, there's a way to stop that. And obviously there was a blown assignment, uh, but that's kind of what their offense is designed to do. Alex said the loss sucked, but the key injuries are a bigger deal. Uh, 100% what I'm still reeling from days later. I agree with you, Alex. Yeah, Long term, yeah. You know, Kaba, it, it sucks because he's going to have a great year. Uh, I do think Sherrod Green can step in and play and be fine. I think Stone Blanton, as the year goes on, uh, as a freshman, I think he's got promise, Donovan Westmoreland, uh, Debo, all those guys. Uh, but Kaba, he had such a great preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he had a, an injury, an ACL injury mm-hmm. in high school. Uh, and And you saw – not only him playing well, but a lot of good things happening in his life with the NIL deals he's gotten and stuff, and it just sucks. You know, just, yeah, he was he's about to arrive. Right? Yeah, on a breakout year, right? I mean, like just full breakout season, and it looks like it's going to get cut short. Yep, and both of those guys are eligible to come back next year. Jordan Strong would have to 
uh, I think apply for a six year uh, yeah. injury injury wise, uh, or maybe not, maybe because of the COVID year, he's got, uh, mm-hmm. he's got one, but anyway, both those guys can come back next year, but it just, you know, that they, they were doing pretty well with the injuries, right? Yeah. Until Saturday. Um, Lance says, hope we move bell back out and get him some targets Saturday. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure about this. Why not? They, why don't, why they don't do that? I'm not, I don't know. I mean, that was, in the in the bowl game last year, that was kind of a key move because Joiner was a quarterback, and Bell played Joiner. Bell and uh, Brown played Joiner's position, uh, and that gave the passing attack an extra type, you know, extra target or whatever. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Daddy O said he missed a lot of good games Saturday. He got hammered watching the Gamecock game. Uh, I paced myself pretty good Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> I missed a few uh, too, Daddy O. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley says Monday morning. Mo yeah, morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lance says super tough. Dos Bandidos says whoa, fresh haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, this is homemade. I did nice. not go because you know you're you're gonna. I was like, I'm gonna shave it, right? You know, mm-hmm. like just I'm gonna cut it really, really short. Uh, you know, wait, you go to great clips. It's twenty, it's, you know, because I always tip well. You know, and you're not gonna go anything nicer than great clips on a Sunday morning to get your head shaved, right? Like, <laughs> doll, right? And so I'm like, you know, I looked at the great clips app, and it was like forty seven minute wait, oh, and God. I was like, no, I'm just gonna do it myself. Get me the clippers. Yep. And I did it. My fiance helped me. Lance Player said, like the killer hairdo. Got the BCT cut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff Fowler says, morning, gents. Love your post Saturday night. JC, go Cox and Semper Five. Thanks, Jeff Fowler. Like I said, I just wasn't too happy at how I awarded some things. And I, 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 the last thing I would ever want to do is, you know, appear or, or come across like I'm coming down on things that are ultra, ultimately extremely positive. Uh, just because I was disappointed in an outcome of a game and it came across that way. That wasn't my intention. Mm-hmm. My intention was kind of to prove a point, but uh, honestly, I, um, yeah. So, so I, I reworked it and redid it and I'm going to stick with my, uh, po- you know, policy of uh, don't comment until Monday after the game. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I always like to go back because, because your, your, your thoughts about a game sort of evolve as you go back and review. Yeah, uh, that yeah. kind of thing. That's why right. I don't. I don't social during a game, and then yeah, I yeah. I actually didn't either. I yeah. did not. Uh, I was tweeting a little bit before, and then stopped, and then did not tweet about the game until yesterday when I just posed the posed the question: Are we ready to talk about how good Arkansas is? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and it's not. It's not just that they beat the Gamecocks either. It's just kind of you look at them. Okay, well, what do they have that certain championship level teams have? Veteran quarterback. Great offensive line, probably the best in the country, mm-hmm. uh, or, or at least the SEC. Fast running backs, and a lot of them, you know, good receivers that can hurt you, good schemes on both sides of the ball, uh, an, an active, uh, crazy freelancing, uh, what would I call it? Uh, a freelancing football player, free, yeah. freelance, FDP, yeah. freelancing yeah. defensive player, Drew Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they're a little banged up in the secondary. And susceptible to some things, you know, so like Alabama, you have to think Bryce Young, Bill O'Brien, those guys are going to try to get vertical, but look, can't say enough good about Arkansas. Anyway, mm-hmm. we were up against it. Um, 
and we go to uh, the break, uh, and we'll be right back with uh, a statement from my fiance from the Nana Sports chat box. We're going to get into some of these mailbag questions. We got Keith all set. We got Keith all set um, coming up at, at noon. So here we go. Inside the Game Crash Show, we'll be back after these messages. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker King. Um. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, 
Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Game Guys to the show on a morning Monday. M-O-U-R-M-I-N-D. Uh, yeah, I, I got in a little bit better mood yesterday. I went to uh, yeah. Mike, Mike Morgan of the JC and Morgan podcast. By the way, my head was cold, so I, I put the visor back on. <laughs> I mean, I don't want anybody to turn on the, the, the show, Phil, and be like, hey, there's two egg, egg. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like, the bigger one on the other side, that, that head is uh, enormous. So uh, I don't want to scare anybody with the, you know. Like, well, I sit back from the camera so as not to emphasize the size of this noggin. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like a planetoid, you know. Heed. Heed. <laughs> Try himself uh, to sleep on the pillow. Try <laughs> himself to sleep on the back of this huge pillow. Huge pillow. My boy's head's like Sputnik. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get. I, I can't get off. T- I can't get off track with so I married an axe murderer quotes. Uh, uh. So anyway, uh, Phil, before you get started, back, why don't you tell them about Manscaped real quick? Um, uh, if we have that up, I don't know if we have that up yet or not. Let's see. I got it right here. Yep. Just remember, support for Inside the Gamecocks, the show is provided by Manscaped. If you couldn't figure it out, both of us look like we're using it above the waist. <laughs> but they're the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. There's 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. Remember, that's 20% off with free shipping uh, using the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and, as always, use the right tools for the right job with Manscaped. Definitely do that, folks. Uh, Guys, fellas. Uh, I know. I mean, you know, I almost took the cream, you know, the cream they give you. Yeah, and the I, deodorant. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, like rubbed it all over my head, and I was like, "I was like, that may not be that. That's probably not what you should do, JC." But I, know. Yeah. I thought yeah. about that shaving this morning using the toner on my face. Over yeah, there. Like, well, a little well, different than uh, it'll work or not. But yeah, that toner probably. smells good. Anyway, thank you so much uh, 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 for uh, considering uh, getting Manscaped again. Twenty percent uh, off and uh, free worldwide shipping. Promo Big Spur at Manscaped.com. All right, Nana Sports Chat Box is uh, rolling along. Uh, Nat says something. Uh, you know, I told you, <laughs> you something. She's looking like twins. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I put the visor on. I was like, anyway. Uh, Daddy <laughs> says, now I see why our 2023 class is full of big guys on both lines. I don't I, think it's like. 
causation. You know, I, I don't think it's the direct. I don't think that's why we have such a good recruiting class in the trenches, if you yeah. will. But because you have to maintain that to compete in this league, you have exactly. to have that. No so, matter, no matter if they were, if Carolina was really good on the offensive line, right? Here, yeah, you would still want I those guys. Like that, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah, and so I, I don't think it is, but, yeah, this is a, a very promising offensive line class. I think the three they got last year are pretty good. I still I still think, guys, look, man, I'm not – Vershawn Lee has not played as well mm-hmm. as uh, maybe I anticipated this year individually. Just when I focused on him, he may be. I mean, it's hard to focus and individually break down uh, all five offensive linemen, right? Uh, but it seems like he's kind of the culprit sometimes of missing some blocks and some things of that nature. But I still have hope he's gonna, he's a good player, you know. And I'm willing I, to say that there was week over week improvement, I, I think so too, particularly in with pass protection. And, and look, here's the, here's the crazy thing about it now. Do you adjust? Do you, do you, do you maybe not go so much empty against Georgia? I mean, uh, <laughs> Four years ago, when Carolina tried to go empty to start against Georgia, a disaster ensued. Yeah, did not end well. uh, early, early on, and you know, and all that. So, I uh, do you maybe not go empty against Georgia? Maybe you do. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you keep somebody back as like a protector. Because I'll say this: when Spencer Rattler has time and is comfortable with these receivers, good things can happen. Yeah. I, I I think we know that through two weeks. The problem is <laughs> he doesn't always have time and, you know, and all that good stuff. So if they can find a way, and, and I thought, I thought second half they passed block pretty well. And I, it became kind of a different type of ball game uh, once Arkansas went up by 19. I mean, yeah. and, and that's the other part of it. You know, it's, I think people, fans are, and, and not even me really, you know, I don't mind it, but I think fans are sick of these games where, you know, it's 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 you know a twenty five point spread. Carolina comes back and cuts it to ten or eleven. Everybody's like, "Oh, here we go, ready to go." You know, I, I think that's called maybe taking advantage of a certain defensive look and at the end of games, um, which you know I've seen I see having a football all the time. Uh, Craig says, "Nat, if you could see me, it would be triplets." <laughs> Will says, uh, line of scrimmage play just not good enough on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and, and then I thought they were pretty good. Will, I thought, uh, as far as not playing well, uh, I, I thought offensive line probably didn't play well and, and probably could have played better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the defensive line just got beat, except Zach Pickens. Yeah, you were out uh, Times Jordan Birch. I mean, I think those guys are just good. And you also got to think of the window. I don't think Carolina handled the window dressing very well on defense. And, you know, it's just kind of bad when you're sitting there looking for a certain look, and then all they do is run off tackle and they blow you off the ball. It's sad. Uh, but that's what a good offensive scheme in college looks like, folks, I think. Uh, just because you 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 take what you have uh, for like an Arkansas, for a South Carolina, for a you know a Kentucky or who I, I you know I don't think Kentucky cares about offensive scheme, but uh, name your other school, even a Florida uh, or a Tennessee. You know those types of offenses can be equalizers in a lot of ways because you know you you don't year to year you're not worried about oh God, well we don't have. Uh, this type of player this year, and, and what are we going to do without that guy in our scheme? You know, 
Well, you you just kind of switch. You it just morphs into something else. That's why mm-hmm. I like it. The Bryles tree offenses are really good. Uh, I think for college ball. Lance says it's not about getting knocked down. It's about how you get back up and finish the fight. <laughs> you don't get your worth. Take what you worth. But these are cows. Cows do it. That's not you. Uh, Tool says the microphone's making the rattle noise. Oh, God. <laughs> well, it, it, it's bothersome. I can't hear it, but it's because I can't. Oh, really? Hear it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Myself, uh, through these headphones. So that's probably part of the problem. I don't realize I'm doing it. Um, I'm trying to, to work through that. I'm sorry, Nathaniel. Uh, Cocky Gaming says, honestly, your initial thoughts felt, felt accurate. Yeah, I just changed them. Offensive line seemed to do better this week, but the defense struggled. Yeah, yeah. As far as the football part of it, I mean, I, I stand by all those. But uh, I just, uh, I, I thought I, in trying to explain what I was trying to explain, it didn't come across right. Uh, Mike Budden said, "Didn't we want Browse? How would we be with him instead of Satterfield?" Um, I, I don't want to speculate on that. Uh, I don't know that Shane talked to Kendall. Uh, I know that when Browse was at FAU, he probably would have come and taken the job as OC when um, McClendon, when they when Muschamp went with McClendon. Muschamp wasn't, I don't think he was interested in that one. Uh, I actually, actually, says, honestly, I didn't walk away completely disappointed to go on the road and score 30. It's a very good SEC opponent. It's a big improvement from last season. This program is still developing. Need time. Oh, I agree. I'm not ready to throw in the towel. Um, I think though that you do notice some things through 14 games that you know you'd like for them to clean up, uh, and, and 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 this program, the program, you know, this year's team, I think can still win some games. Uh, just kind of looking at kind of who, who everybody else is and what they do, and uh, some you know, I think this team can still win some games, right? Uh, I think they're perfectly capable of winning. Uh, more games than they did last year, quite frankly. It, it's probably not going to be a pretty start. Yeah. No. Probably, you know, I mean, let's be realistic. Uh, you know, Georgia's coming in ranked number one in the country. Uh, of course, Gamecocks have played pretty well uh, against teams uh, ranked number one in the country. Um, since and Jordan- you can take heart that Stetson Bennett's probably not going to carry it 19 times for almost 70 yards. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm not seeing that. Happen. No. <laughs> so, um, uh, and so, you know, but, but, but you look on down the schedule. Okay. So you, you got Georgia this weekend, big, huge game. And then, then you got Charlotte and they're terrible. And you got SC state who you should easily beat. And then there's kind of a reset, you know, and you, you go you go on the road to Kentucky, you got a week off, you go A&M at home. Uh, and then, you know, Vanderbilt or and then Missouri and Vandy. Uh, I don't think Missouri looked all that good this weekend. Uh, got smacked 40 to 12 by Kansas State. Uh, turn it over a bunch too. So you got Missouri, Vandy. Um, and then you go to the Swamp, Tennessee, and that Clemson. It's the Orange Crush again this year. I don't I'm just not quite sure, you know, that uh, you look and, and, and you look at any of these games. I think Clemson's going to be exceptionally tough up there with their defensive style. Mm-hmm. But you, you don't look at any of them and go, except Georgia and right now and kind of gulp, I don't think, Phil. No, no. I mean, you're, you, this team should not be scared of anybody, including Georgia coming in at home. I mean, you're, you're going to compete with them. Um, 
and you just build off the positive from this week to take it on into next week. You know, I mean, yeah, we we lost a couple of big time defensive players, but I mean, all hope is not lost. Not that I was calling for a nine and three season, but a nine and three season still would mean losing one of these two big time SEC games at the beginning and winning the other one. So, you know, if you're one of those nine and three people, it's still out there for you to do. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Lance says, uh, Clint says, Justin King is incredible. Having said that, we don't want to be known as the team with the greatest social media team. At some point, we have to win a game we're not supposed to. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that hadn't happened. In th- man, it, well, it did happen in 2020. And then the next thing you know, in, in the classic uh, – I call it the must champion era. Like, like it's like, it's like the Elizabethan era, the must champion champion era. Uh, What happened so many times, you know, you'd have this great high moment and you'd think things were going to turn around and then the bottom would just fall out. And then the bottom really did fall out, but the Auburn win at home. uh, I don't think the Gamecocks were favored in that one. Uh, In fact, they'd never beaten Auburn uh, in SEC since being a member of the SEC. Now they've beaten them twice. Um, Lance says until we're able to play competitive ball on the road, we will tread water. When they when they did show fight in the end, it was wasn't good enough. Yeah, you know, take your chances at Kroger Field in Lexington coming up. They beat Florida this weekend, so you know at some point it's got to change on the road, right? Uh, Lance says I don't know if we can run the ball. I don't even. I hope so. I would at least try. Xavier, listen to the show from Winthrop, Washington. Shout out Pacific Northwest. More Pacific Northwest. We have a Pacific Northwest crew that listens to the show every day. Uh, Will said the game played out where they had to air it out. Same thing will probably happen against Georgia, too. Who knows? It'd be nice to be able to run the ball, but who knows? There is a first half. Yeah. (laughs) There is a first half of the game. (laughs) Greg says Emanuari is the best safety we've had in six or eight years. Probably so. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to end up that way, Craig. Uh, I think he's, you know, you look at him in in this recruiting class and you're like, wow, that guy's a player. JC says might as well go air raid to start start Saturday since the O-line cannot get a push and run the football. And we'll not get one this weekend. You got to try. I, I don't know. Because air raid, if you keep going empty, you know, what Georgia is going to do is send guys. And they're leaking through anyway. So you may want to bring keep, keep a back in, keep two backs in. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. No. Um, Ashley says, just let Rattler play his offense, build the offense around the passing game. He seems to be more comfortable with it. Brian says it wasn't an, emb- an embarrassing loss. We hit a couple of those deep balls. We could have gotten the dub. Loved our physicality. I agree. Now, yeah. mm-hmm. I'll say this, Brian. Arkansas got the best of the mat- that matchup physically. I think Arkansas out-physicaled Carolina, but it's not that Carolina did not play physical, if that makes any sense. No, no, we didn't play soft. That was the good thing. I mean, we're out there hitting as hard as we could. So JP says, we finally started having a screen game. Now, if he can implement a running back and quarterback draw game, yeah, the, the draw, that's kind of – well, teams are coming after you, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it Craig's, was there. That was, I mean, they were giving it to us. <laughs> yeah. Craig, Craig says, need to run tempo. We aren't good enough to still go slow and try to man up and block one-on-one. I agree. Uh, and, I, you know, but you get it. If you're going to go tempo, mm, you, you got to make sure you're churning them out and not 
gassing your what, what's going to be a banged up defense. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that going tempo. I don't know. It's Georgia's just kind of a hard hard deal, you know. I'm sure Oregon. Well, did Oregon go tempo against them? I, I don't know. I don't think um, it mattered. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But, uh, but you know, if you sit there and uh, if you sit there and keep going three and out, three and out, three and out, and you, you give their offense, Georgia's offense, it's going to get ugly quick. Because what yeah, whether you huddle or not, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they they don't you know that opens up their whole play because that mocker can just kill you. So I, I like the tempo. I don't know that I like going empty because. Um, you know, I, I do think there's some execution ideas there, but I, I think when you go five wide like that, you're basically saying we're not running the football unless it's with the quarterback, uh, or we put do use some motion or something. I don't, I don't know. Motion may work. I, it just seems like you just line up five and go, go and say, go. Um, and I don't know. So, so we'll see. Spencer was great. He needs to roll out left sometimes. Yeah. Uh, JC, serious question. Why does it seem like the only time Van is targeted is a bomb along the sidelines? Every time they do, he's three or five yards overthrown. Is he not running 100 or is he being overthrown? I I think probably just at the times he's in, you know, they've overthrown him. Uh, He had sort of an up and down preseason, like was really struggling and pressing at the beginning of preseason and dropping passes again. Uh, And then toward the end, I heard he looked great. And then through two games, he kind of seems like the uh, the other Josh fan. And, and look, sometimes other guys just are better, and and it doesn't matter what happened last year. Uh, you know, with with Van Juice Wells is just better. Now it's not that Josh isn't good, and they don't need him. I think they definitely do. I mean, they need him to get get back and rolling. I mean, he was one of two guys. He and Stogner. I was looking for more production out of this week, mm-hmm. but um, you know, Juice Juice to me. Lost in the struggles of the offense the last two weeks of the fact that South Carolina has a legit number one receiver. Yeah, more receiving yards than anybody in the SEC. Yeah, and his name is Juice Wells. So that's uh, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. Because mm-hmm. the juice is loose, right? Anyway. I love it. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's fun to watch, man. Smooth, nice. I mean, speaking it's, it's going to be speaking of Juice, you ever seen that Dave Chappelle where – Throughout the, his, his stand-up, he goes, the second time I met O.J. Simpson. <laughs> the third time I met O.J. Simpson. The third time I met O.J. Simpson. <laughs> that was awesome. All right. Uh, top of the hour coming up. Keith Allsep on the other side. Thank you. We'll, and chat boxers and mailbaggers, we'll get back to you after we get Keith's thoughts on the game this weekend. It's always entertaining uh, to have him on Keith Allsep from the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast will be with us after these messages. Inside the Gamecocks, the show rolls on. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you 
with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccerfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey, hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. What's up? This is Jaheen Bell with the Gamecocks, and you are now listening to Inside the Gamecock Show with JC and Phil. Thank you. Welcome back. Inside the Gamecast show, J.C. Sherbert here with uh, Phil Molinax on Morning Monday. And we welcome in our friend, the man, 
Keith Alsup from the Lock on the Gamecocks podcast. Keith, just going to let you have at it. Tell us what you thought about uh, Saturday in Fayetteville, the good, the bad, the ugly. Well, I mean, JC, it's kind of the same road formula that we've seen from this team, uh, quite frankly, since 2019, spanning two coaching staffs outside of an upset of number three, Georgia, and then obviously a win over Vanderbilt. This team does not get off to good starts on the road. And look, I'm not mad at Shane Beamer. I get that he is the spin doctor for all things Gamecock football, but it was only seven to three at the end of the first quarter because of the number of possessions. Arkansas, the first three Actually, the first four times they had the football. Okay, 13 plays, 63 yards, touchdown. 12 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. 12 plays, 61 yards, touchdown. Seven plays, 43 yards, they missed a field goal. Okay, to start the second half, yes, South Carolina shut Arkansas out in the third quarter. But does anybody remember that first uh, third down when Clayton White sent the house and uh, that 6'5 guy that never did anything at Georgia and then went to Toledo for a year and transferred to Arkansas dropped a touchdown pass? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to scream and moan at Marcus Siderfield, and certainly uh, I'm still not a huge fan. Uh, You did put up over 400 yards of offense and you scored 30 points. And quite frankly, you should have scored more. You had opportunities on deep balls. That was Spencer Rattler's calling card in 2020 at Oklahoma. Pro Football Focus, his uh, deep ball numbers from 2020 are higher than any player in college football the last three years. He failed to connect. Uh, he threw an interception in the end zone. I have no idea what that what he was even thinking on that. And so I just don't think Arkansas has two five-star and three four-star offensive linemen up front. And South Carolina does have two five-star defensive linemen and two four-star defensive linemen up front. And, J.C., at some point, you have to want it more than the other guy, and you have to execute better than the other guys. And you don't need to wait to do it until you're down 21 to 9 or 35 to 16 to do it. I'm right there with you. Kind of the same old stuff. I think that was – after looking at it, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, I, I – I think Arkansas is going to be really good this year. They, they could have a 10, 11. They could win the SEC West if they beat Bama at home, which I think they could do. I mean, I don't think they can because I don't think their defense is good enough. That would be the challenge, mm-hmm. I think, stopping Bama from going over the top and all that good stuff. But uh, heck, it's in Fayetteville, seven point game last year. I think their, their offensive scheme just gives you so much trouble when you can't get them. Like, when they were in third and more than seven, I know they converted a couple of those. But Carolina, I mean, you have a shot to get off the field then. If they're in third and less than five, 
I mean, Kendall Browse has the the a buffet of plays <laughs> and and then options off of those plays if they get if they get stopped and then if all else fails, you got a two hundred forty pound forty five pound quarterback that can normally fall forward for two yards. You know that's that's crappy to stop, but. Um, I, I thought Arkansas's offensive line clearly got the best of South Carolina's D line. I, I did think Zach Pickens played a pretty good game. Uh, losing Boogie Huntley hurt, losing Strong hurt. I thought Burks played well at times, but but let's let's be clear: I, Arkansas's offensive line totally kicked kicked their butt. Right? I mean, JC. I mean, stats piling up stats. Stats are for losers. Okay, to me. I can't even think of a single consequential play that Zach Pickens made. I mean, was there a huge stop where Zach Pickens made the play in the backfield? I mean, this was, and I hate to quote the ass clown from the upstate, but this was a bring your guts game. Okay. And to me, the only guy that brought his guts on the South Carolina defense was an 18 year old freshman Wearing number twenty one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he didn't play like a freshman. It's sad that you have fourth, fifth, and sixth year players, and a true freshman is basically the only one that brought his guts on defense because he laid the wood to KJ Jefferson. And quite frankly, that's the only time I remember KJ Jefferson getting stopped dead in his tracks was when Nick Eamon Mori absolutely clocked him yeah i mean hey do you think appalachian state said oh my god there's a hundred and six thousand people here in kyle field we have no chance we have to go on the road to play texas a&m <laughs> i mean we have no chance because texas a&m is flooded with four and five star guys they're bigger they're stronger they're faster than us we can't win no they said, we don't care that we have to go on the road. We don't care that you got 106,000 people in there that do some really weird shit sometimes. <laughs> we don't care that your roster is littered with four and five star players. We're just going to line up and do what we do and dare you to stop us. And until South Carolina gets that mentality on both sides of the football, they are not going to meet expectations. Talking with Keith Allset from the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. And I agree with you there. I mean, it's uh, it's same old, same old, uh, you know, and it's it, it just uh, you got blown off the ball. You, you, they were the more physical team. I mean, you, you can't you can't win games in the SEC losing that, that matchup every single time. And I, I'm with you, Keith. I don't know that. Arkansas's offense had a lot better players top to bottom. I think they have a, I think they have a very tough uh, scheme uh, to stop with the guys they have now, because uh, you, you sort of have a, a kind of a different freaky kind of player back there at quarterback, and then you know with what they do, they are hard to stop. But I, you know, I, I felt like, uh, you know, you, you you wait until the third quarter to start playing ball, and, and look, the, the defense did come. Did did show up for a short time. Uh, got a big stop, and then the next thing you know, it's a. I think it was a negative twelve yard drive. <laughs> Down five with the ball, 
offense goes backward. And, and then it's or, or it's like down down five, needing to stop, and the defense gets shredded. And this keeps happening over and over and over again at key moments in football games. I mean, look, Arkansas had not rushed for 295 yards in a game since 2016, and that was probably against uh, the Acme School of Typewriter Maintenance. <laughs> Uh, uh, South Carolina's allowed 495 yards rushing in two football games. Uh, Rocket Sanders had a career high against South Carolina rushing the football on Saturday. All of these are alarming trends. And they just play completely different at home versus on the road. And um, I'm not apologizing for the fact that they need to figure something else out because it's not about the social media videos. It's not about the height uniform things. It's not about above all else for your brother. It's about going out there. If you if you are fighting for your brother and your brother's not doing his job, you need to tell him. Where's the motivation? I. It's just uh, and look, I, I love Sam Pittman. I love Arkansas. Everything he said is spot on. But they were minus their best two players in the secondary, in Slusher and Catalan, who unfortunately. Uh, suffered a season-ending injury against Cincinnati. And for South Carolina, you lost Mo Caba probably for the year, Jordan Strong probably for the year. Mm. Well, so now you got Sherrod Green, okay? How many games will he hold up? And so all this, all this does is – puts more pressure on your offense to deliver. And, I mean, I'll just be honest. If Kendall Bryles was on the South Carolina sideline, he would have hung half a hundred on Arkansas's defense. South Carolina has the players on offense. At times, Marshawn Lloyd looked like the best player on the field. Juice Wells certainly was a, you know, absolute beast. Austin Stogner, after that first screen that he caught when he looked like he was running quicksand <laughs> and they had to kick the little field goal, he looked outstanding. And once again, Marcus Satterfield, Jaheim Bell, MIA in the passing game. And at this point, let's face it, every time Jaheim Bell lines up in the backfield, he's getting the ball. You know it. I know it. Phil knows it. And so does the opposing defensive coordinator, and all 11 players on defense. Mm-hmm. Talking with Keith Alsop, Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. So sometimes games can be deceiving. Obviously, if you watch college football this past weekend, we had an outstanding week one and then just an absolutely weird week two. I still think weird things can happen. Uh, Gamecocks are 26-point underdogs against the Bulldogs this weekend, but they are at home. Uh, it should be a big crowd. But it should be, you know, a, a game that the players get up for. They, you know, tend to get up for Georgia. Um, even even last year's game, as poorly as it went, 
you know, Carolina did come out and fight, you know, at least for the first quarter. Uh, you know, how, how, what can South Carolina do, I guess, to, 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 to bounce back? You got this one, then you got two you should win before you hit the road yet again to another house of horrors in, in Kentucky. But, um, you know, what can Carolina do to kind of go out and uh, give the Bulldogs a ball game this weekend? Well, I mean, you got to start fast. And to me, you got to coach better. I mean, as great as South Carolina special teams were against Georgia State, they were equally po as poor at Arkansas. I mean, Kai Kroger, three punts for a 21-yard average, and Shank, the first one, I think it was like a seven-yarder. Um, you had another bad snap on an extra point uh, that cost the Gamecocks, uh, you know, that play, which they were all constantly trying to catch up to. Uh, and then I thought that, quite frankly, there was questionable coaching decisions. I thought it was questionable to go for an onside kick with uh, six plus minutes to go when you're down by 11 points. I think you kick it deep and play defense. Arkansas was in, you know, shutdown mode. They weren't going to put the ball up for grabs. They were going to line up and run it and – I thought the first two onside kicks were abysmal. Uh, I thought, you know, Marshawn Lloyd, you got the ball in the fourth quarter after Arkansas has that long drive that spans the end of the third quarter, and then they score on the first play of the fourth quarter. He fumbles. Arkansas scores. You go back down the field in the red zone. Spencer Rattler threw one into a crowd. It reminded me of – Alan Mitchell in 1983 against uh, Clemson. He threw, tried to throw the ball through about three or four Razorbacks. Uh, you know, you can't have those kind of mistakes. You know, South Carolina had no business when, when it was 12. They cut it back to 12. They had no business going for two to get it to 10 there. You keep it at 11 because then all you need is a touchdown. Yes, you have to hit the two-point play and a field goal. Time and score situations. If you miss that, you don't have time for two touchdown drives. They have to coach better. They have to execute better, and they have to play better. But here's the good news, J.C., is this – is the most talented South Carolina offense we've seen since vintage Steve Spurrier. Or, I mean, look, I can't discount 2017 South Carolina when you had about two NFL running backs. Mm -hmm. First, Debo Samuel, Shy Smith, Brian Edwards. But you did have Kurt Roper. But you didn't have Spencer Rattler. I mean, no offense to Jake Bentley, who I thought you know, played well for most of that year. There are weapons all over the field. And quite frankly, none of them are Josh Van. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Brooks, look how tough and physical he's playing. Look how well he's catching them all. Mm -hmm. Juice Wells, Amari and Brown, uh, the running backs. I mean, yeah. I have to hope – and maybe it's just fool's gold 
because we beat up on North Carolina, who, you know, App State hung 61 on last week. And then, you know, they were very fortunate to beat the fighting Sean Elliott's in Atlanta this past weekend. But there are a lot of weapons, and you do have a big-time player at quarterback. And I think we just have to accept the fact, yes, we lost this swing game. This was one of the big swing games. But this should be a team that gets better as the season goes on and this group gels and develops their chemistry and identity as an offense. And you have to hope the defense starts showing up. Mm-hmm. It definitely did show up on the road. Yeah. Next road game, of course, is not until October 8th at Kentucky. Uh, some news, I think, and I've not confirmed this. It was a post on the message board. Chris Rodriguez, the running back for UK, will be back for Ole Miss October 1st, which means if he's healthy after that game, he'll play against the Gamecocks, which uh, – I don't think anybody uh, felt like Chris Rodriguez wouldn't be playing against Carolina by the time he got there. And no surprise uh, there. <laughs> yeah, big win for them. So if we're talking about Kentucky, to me, that was the battle of the dead ass average Saturday night in the swamp. The, the, the DAA. The <laughs> team in the country, every time Florida has a win, with a new coach, they automatically vault to the top. Mm. I mean, AR-15, the number two or three quarterback in America and the SEC, 14 for 35, two interceptions, one for a touchdown. (laughs) And quite frankly, Justice Boone knocked the mayonnaise out of uh, Will Levis. <laughs> wow. In that game. And all the people that think he's Josh Allen, I'm sorry. He's not. I mean, they're pretty good. But to me, that is still a very winnable game. Because quite frankly, I don't think Florida has juice whales. They don't. No, no. They don't. They don't. I mean, they. They. Bell. I don't think they have Marshawn Lloyd. Although I did like uh, uh, Etienne, uh, the freshman running back. He looked. Yeah, that's Travis Etienne's brother. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I I like. You know. And I thought Lloyd. Lloyd's playing really well. Playing really fast. Uh. I think. I think the 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 rushing yards from scrimmage will come at seven catches, seventy two yards. Uh, this past weekend, including a 43-yarder on a screen pass. Uh, you can just kind of feel him getting better. But, yeah, you're, you're right, Keith. I, I don't I, – I didn't think either one of those teams uh, on Saturday night were as explosive on offense as South Carolina. I mean, I agree. I mean, and honestly, I wish Justice Boone was in a Gamecock uniform because they need him. Especially and, now, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know – I mean, based off my inside information, it could have happened. Well, they, took, they won Terrell Dawkins, who is was the fifth defensive end. Now he's the fourth defensive end. And so we'll see. 
I'll see. Yeah. Well, that, well, you know, people talk about good recruiting, bad recruiting, Keith. Uh, and some people think it's if you don't sign enough stars or, or whatever, you don't, uh, you know, you don't finish highly in, in the rankings. I've always bad recruiting is when you have an in-state player and you don't want him and he goes elsewhere and plays well. <laughs> that's kind of the, that's my, uh, that's kind of how I just say. So th- those types of decisions are actually, I think what you need to judge a staff on in recruiting, and they're not going to bat a thousand on there. You know, you're not always going to hit on everything, but uh, that happens too many times, as we saw with the receivers under the previous regime during the the most champion era. Uh, yeah, for the balls on Saturday. Yeah, Hyatt and uh, the kid from Virginia that got out of state. I mean, those are all kids that. When you look at the shape of the receiving core, when, when the new staff got there, they, they obviously could have used. So that's the deal there. By the way, the university did release uh, just now while we're sitting here talking, Kaba uh, and Strong out for the year, season-ending uh, injuries, ACLs. Uh, Man, I saw it on Mo Kaba on that play. He kind of got rolled up, and he went up in the air and came down and immediately grabbed for the knee. And – He's South Carolina. I thought he's their best linebacker. Because he had the ACL in high school. He missed his senior year. He came in during the shutdown with the COVID. I mean, that was mass chaos. Last year was really his first year of playing college football. And you just hate to see it for the young man because – and, J.C., you know this because you've talked to some of the same people I have from up there where he's from. This is absolutely a tremendous young man mm-hmm. uh, that's basically like an Eagle Scout. I mean, he is about doing everything the right way all the time, and he battled back from one injury – and was primed to have a big year, and now, you know, another season-ending injury. Got to yeah. be very disappointed. Hate it for him. Uh, hate it for Jordan Strong, too. Both those guys, by the way, uh, could come back. They, it's not like their careers are over. I, I don't know what the call will be. I, I would think both would come back. Uh, to South Carolina next year, next season. But that is still a, a, bl- a blow, I think. You know, what you got to do, you got to hope Sherrod Green, like you said, Keith, holds up. And then uh, I think get Stone Blanton ready to to get in there and roll uh, as the season progresses. I mean, I, I would expect Stone to probably start getting a lot of reps around Charlotte, SC State, those games, um, to get him ready. Because they, they, it's like they're going to need him, you know, to be in the rotation uh, this year. Whereas had Kaba stayed healthy, maybe, maybe you bring him along a little more slowly. But you're going to need you're going to need Stone Blanton. Uh, all right, Keith, uh, any uh, further thoughts before we uh, jump off here and uh, get rolling on a Monday? Yeah, so, I mean, look, we we all looked at the schedule. We all knew it was going to be difficult at Arkansas. You know, certainly Georgia will have to help South Carolina if South Carolina is going to pull off that upset. They're, you look at it, and after the first five games, you're going to be three and two. Okay, you get a chance to go out and try to execute against one of the top teams in America this week at home. Then you get two weeks and two games, which you should win, to be able to build depth, 
to continue to build your chemistry, to establish uh, your identity, and get ready to go to Lexington because the those last seven games. I mean, look, you do have four loss Jimbo, who is already now dropped one <laughs> at, at home to App State. Okay, he's there. They're going on the road now. I mean, there are opportunities. I mean, if if Pitt doesn't lose their quarterback, Tennessee probably gets a nail. Mm-hmm. Okay, Florida. I, you know, I'm not convinced, and so. There are games. I mean, Missouri. That that's a game. You you got to win that game. You got to Missouri. But to me, the next swing game is at Kentucky, and so you got three games to get ready for that. And if you pull off the upset against Georgia, well, great. I mean, two and one to me was the. Best case scenario after three get after three games, but it it is a long season. Although it'll be over before we know it. Yeah, there's, you know, there's there's still ten games, but that means there's only ten games left mm-hmm. that are guaranteed. This is a talented football team, uh, but they have got to get off to better starts on the road, and they really had no excuse to play as poorly as they did on defense on Saturday. I agree. Very good talk. Good having you in on a Monday, Keith, to break things down and get your uh, – So, hey, how was, how was that Chicago Bears uh, experience? Uh, unbelievable ending that game. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't go to the game. Uh, I, I went downtown, though right next to the stadium to, to wait for Mike. It was pouring down rain. Yeah. Like a flood. Yeah, like a flood. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everybody, uh, uh, that was, a, that was a, a very bizarre game. I, I think, uh, it's kind of the any given Sunday philosophy. Cause I don't know that the, I don't know the bears are going to end up being as good as the Niners, but, uh, <laughs> bears defense played well. And, um, it's, uh, there's a lot of passionate fans. Uh, you know, we probably don't understand that being from the South, right? Uh, did they rush out of the bars into the streets to celebrate like they did in Boone? Because it was raining in Boone. <laughs> and a friend of mine sent me a video of, like, you know, the main little square. Yeah. Bars and just thousands of students rushing out into the streets <laughs> on yeah. Saturday afternoon after yeah. a win over four-loss Jimbo. Four lost Jimbo. Four lost Jimbo. I, Keith, look, I think I saw a car getting flipped in Lexington, Kentucky this weekend too. Keith, I mean, you know. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I'll, I'll, the, 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 anybody in Appalachia, the hill, the hillbilly part of the South, yeah, you got to watch out for that. They're, they're a little more refined in Knoxville about things like property damage, but they will stay where they have a rock for them on spray paint. So they got, uh, like, oh, let's just do this. And then they won't, they won't flip over cars because they can just, you know, spray paint this rock. And, I, think, uh, uh, I think the burning of furniture is reserved for. West Virginia, but some of those could be meth lab accidents. <laughs> <laughs> Might be incidental. We just kept meth in there and the couch blew up. And anyway. All right. Good to end it on a funny note, Keith. You have a good day and uh, we'll talk to you soon, bud.
All right, guys, have a great rest of the week. Thanks. You too, Keith. Keith Allsett from Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. I like having him on on Mondays. I like that initial reaction. That's fine, yeah, because Keith's going to give it to you unvarnished. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> does. he does. He does. Uh, all right, chat boxers, I know that we've been um, you know, we've been doing this, but we can uh, come back to you here in a little bit. Also, we got the uh, I Help Consulting mailbag segment we're going to start with next. Uh, don't forget, manscaped.com. If you want to have the tools for your family jewels, uh, go to manscaped.com right now. A proud sponsor of the Inside the Game, Inside the Game Cox of the Show. Uh, 20% off free worldwide shipping. I've used their product, so is Phil. I have my Manscaped shirt on. Look at this. There we go. Because I'm I've wearing been... Manscaped apparel too, but I can't show you. Oh, yeah, you can't. It's just a PG show. <laughs> um, and so um, yeah, so please uh support the show and do that. Also, hour number two. Uh, brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Uh, Adam and his guys do a great job with commercial real estate, uh, multifamily. You, you've heard the uh, you've heard the commercial there, so get in touch with those guys if you're interested in that. We'll be right back after these messages on Inside the Game the Show to wrap up Monday. Woo! If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA mid-amateur tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. J- hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. 
nanasports.com. Go there, food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? One zero zero one is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com. A proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I, I used to be president of the United States. And I love the show with Phil and JC. Oh, welcome back. It's on the Kingcastle Show. JC Sherbert here with Phil Molinax. Um, Hour number two, brought to you by the Burgesson team, Ray Max at the Lake. Once again, chat box is wide open uh, inside the game packs at gmail.com or tweet to at the Big Spur Pod to get it on the mailbag. And we're going to head on out of the mailbag and get some questions answered right uh blah 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 here we go here we go all right so blah 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 look at look at look at okay kim the quad said um felt like the o-line did better this saturday with pass rushing um glad to see we can score points offensively but the offense as a whole seems to lack identity not sure where or when they're going to hit the field, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, identity on offense. I agree. There's there's no – like Arkansas, you know, when we talked about it, Phil, I basically described their identity. They're going to get in the gun. They're going to put a lot of window dressing. They're going to, um, you know, try to get you in third and less than five and where they convert. And uh, and, and then grind you to death, and they'll hit the, the big plate on the field. Um, and that's their identity. You know, South Carolina. I don't. I don't know what the identity is. Uh, and and we always, we always talk about that when the offense is struggling. Um, and it's okay uh, sometimes to not have an identity to be a team that can do different things and come out in different looks every week. And I think that's the plan in theory with Satterfield. I did, is it the best plan? Hadn't worked so far. Um, is it, uh, you know, is it is it something that in theory you should go home? Oh, well, yeah, these guys come out and they have something different every single week, and that's pretty good, and they're hard to stop because of that, but they haven't been. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the identity in week one looked like, okay, let's force feed Jaheim Bell to whatever end, and we're fortunate we came out of that one with a win. <laughs> And yesterday, I mean, we're this past weekend. Uh, I, you know, 
I, like I said, I mean, it, it, there is no identity other than, you know, at least we saw, we saw more, we saw different, but I mean, are we going to get more and different again Saturday? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they, well, I mean, they seem to like that empty look with Spencer Rattler, you know, and uh, like I said, I, I, I don't really have a problem with that or, or doing that every now and then. I, I think, you know, what they need to probably think about is how do you, uh, if they're getting pressure <laughs> out of that empty set, how do you how do you kind of maybe protect a little better? Maybe are you, do you move a guy back in uh, to protect in the backfield to chip him? I mean, what, how do you how do you do that? Um, and that that would be my question there. And I'd also I'd like to see him spread it out and run it. I mean, you know, obviously you can go you don't have to go five wide and run it. Obviously, because you can't, you can go four wide and run it and run it with Rattler, like you said, Phil. I think that's a that's a smart thing because you're still manufacturing rushing yards that way and keeping mm-hmm. them honest rather than, you know, everybody in the stadium knowing that, you know, when you go five wide, uh, other than that first little run by Rattler, uh, you're probably going to, you know, throw it. And, and that's, that's, that's not good either. Uh, of course, Spencer's pretty good to kind of, or good enough, I think, to, you know, find his lanes when he has time. So, so I, my first priority would be give him, give Spencer time. So, yeah, yeah. create, a, create ways to make time. If you, if you don't feel like traditionally you can block up front, you know, yeah. or do some misdirection or something, you know, run speed, you know, sweep one way and pull a guard and send them that way. And then run to the weak side with somebody. I mean, I don't know. I just, yeah. There's all kinds of ways you can get around that. But if we, I, I, I worry about this weekend because I know the defensive minds that are going to show up in Williams Bryce on Saturday will have everything they need in their back pocket to stop that empty set. Absolutely. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, yeah, they will tee off on you because yeah. <laughs> they got the talent to do it too. Um, on the on Nana Sports chat box, Chancey makes a good point. He says, "Remember, it took Tennessee until October first of last season to figure out." Uh, and all out with the new toys they had. I think it's going to get better over time here, at least I hope. But look, I, I think, you know, th- there's not a slew of negativity. No, no. no. Uh, I mean, I think that's good. I think the other good thing is that they've really found something. Very, it's almost been quiet with Juice Wells. You know, I mean, th- that guy, uh, he's very quietly caught 15 passes <laughs> the past two games. Um, I think that's good. I think you know some guys. You got to find a way to get going. You got to get Jaheim Bell going again. Uh, like it, it was important to get Stogner going week one to week two, and they did. Um, got to try to run the football. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna sit there and throw it like that all over the yard and go empty and all this good stuff, you, you need to find a dang way to manufacture rushing yards, and they did that the first drive and then they went as as so often happens around here something's working and then they either on offense it either gets beaten to death like the screens on the first score drive <laughs> you know <laughs> you dial up four or five of those in a row and they're working and great if they're not gonna stop it do it but you know then you got the sense that ah you shouldn't run another screen yeah you know, probably like norm mcdonald the late norm mcdonald hey you probably shouldn't run another screen here but we have this tendency of just abandoning okay it didn't work that one time so it's a it's over that's the last time we run it you know like you could bring it back i've seen that before (laughs) people that have big playbooks like that they Mm -hmm. they they kind of pick and choose and you know let me you know i don't know 
Um, anyway, inside the game at gmail.com is the I help consulting mailbag. Tim says, I get the feeling our staff, like a lot of our fan base, bought into the Rattler is going to be our savior. Don't get me wrong, he's talented. We're fortunate to have him, but is it fair that our offensive coordinator has basically abandoned the running game and put the offense on his back? Yeah, that's that's a yeah, I, I don't I don't know that that's a wise decision, Tim. I mean, you know, I, I think that. I don't, is it fair? I, I I don't know about fair. I just think that, uh, you know, and he goes and talks Phil about being empty. He's like, for example, consistently running a five wide receiver set with no running back in the backfield. This isn't the big 12. If you can't run, you can't win. Unless you're Mississippi state. <laughs> but last time I checked, Mike Leach wasn't dialing them up over there. But know? even then, I mean, the, the Leach's air raid is not one dimensional. Uh, he'll go to the run. Yeah, I mean, just to keep him honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and look, I have no problem with that. You want to do that? Fine, but you need to do, you know, your run game needs to kind of work with that. Like, mm-hmm. like, like when Spurrier was throwing it around the yards, he basically had a power run play, a tall sweep, and a draw. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and until Sean Elliott, GA Mangus, and Eric Wolfer got there in 2009. That's all. That was what the that was what the run game was, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he's also disappointed the defense was like we sit back and react instead of being aggressive. Well, look, man, Arkansas took the fight to Carolina. I mean, mm-hmm. it, that's not a scheme thing. You know, that's a that's a player thing. Time for these highly rated D line to step up and get things done. Agreed. Yep. Still love my Gamecocks, but it's hard sometimes. I agree. Um, and Tim adds, Marcus Satterfield's the type of guy that would play Tecmo Bowl. And I like to throw the ball with Todd Marinovich rather than run it with Blow Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Marinovich, nah, Mark, he gets run heavy. Tell me, you think about last year in the bowl game, and a lot of times he, he's not. This is different for him. I mean, compared to last year, you know. Um, but if they, that's the way you know, who knows. Jeff says, I want to believe. Last year, I gave Satterfield some latitude because of the quarterback situation. However, I did think he liked Phil for the game. He proved that without a doubt against Arkansas. There we go, Phil. Jeff says things that he worked uh, worked that worked he never came back to. The offensive line performance was really bad again. Bumper pool came free several times. We had linemen double teaming one D lineman. How do you not identify where their best player is lined up and slide protect? I don't know. Beamer's made a terrible decision to keep Centerfield as the play callers. This is on him now. Beamer could very well find his seat quite hot. Yeah, yeah that's a little early for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's not. That's not. And people, but, but I'll remind everybody that uh, last year, after the Georgia game, Somebody called for Beamer to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were two and one and just got beat by a really good football team on the road and fired now. Uh, that said, this is results oriented business and our offense is bad, even with upgraded talent. JC, where do we go from here? This was sent on Saturday at 807. <laughs> obviously, obviously, an instant reaction. Uh, Jeff, I, I just think you got to keep plugging away. I think there's some things about the offense that that are improving. Um, if you're going to do that with Spencer and bombs away and all that good stuff, uh, you need to find a way to run the football. I mean, yeah. you know, you could be pass oriented, but you got to find a way to run the football. Mm-hmm. Find a way to run the football. Uh, John says, JC had some time to think about it overall. The offense looked better, but I don't understand why we completely abandoned the running game. <laughs> there we go. We have a guy like Lloyd in the backfield. 
I knew it would be a tough game, but the defense got manhandled. Too many missed tackles, and the D-line got pushed around. Yeah, and, and look, I give. I think the D-line obviously has to play better, yeah. right, on South Carolina's end. But I also think that had a lot to do with Arkansas and their offensive line. I mean, those guys and, – and here's where I'll differ with Keith a little bit. I don't care if South Carolina has four, four or five stars on the offensive line. Uh, you know, and I'll differ with Keith on that. I understand what he's saying and certainly respect his point. Uh, but I'll differ. South Carolina's defensive line, it just right, just it was not as good as Arkansas's offensive line. It's not as good. I, I don't care what star ready, it's not as good. You know, and I, and I don't know where Pittman found those guys. I mean, he found us this big six nine kid from like uh, up here in, in Illinois. You know, like in uh, like in Chicago land. I'm like, wow. So so. Pittman, again, masterful offensive line recruiting. Um, overall, uh, John saw improvement, is excited about what the team can accomplish this season. They could, you know, honestly, man, they could be 7-2 and two going to the swamp. I mean, everything is still in front of you for this team. I yeah. mean, there's it's and it's not just because it's game two, but there are weapons everywhere. We're finding these diamonds in the rough with the freshmen on, you know, defense and i think you know blanton i think is gonna well, he'll have to come in um but i think he's gonna impress as well i mean i just think you know that he's got a good football head and and you know obviously him and worries there so even with what we're losing strong and cabo don't get me wrong that's gonna hurt it will hurt <laughs> but um you get the opportunity to develop these guys early and they're going to get trial by fire Saturday. Cause I mean, they're there. There's not another team you play on the schedule. That's going to be as tough as the game you've got. And then everything after that is winnable. Everybody's got chinks in their armor somewhere, even the vaunted orange fog, you know, that's going to come <laughs> in here with a defense and, 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 uh, you know, by the time we start playing them, they're going to have a you know a five star freshman quarterback behind center. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it. That's my hot take today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of my clubs and folks I know think that's you know. I think it's an inevitable. <laughs> but then they may just be thinking about like Trevor's freshman year and Deshaun's for you know freshman year when it, it, they took over. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't it's analyze Kate, them right? like I do us, you know, but I think it's Kate Kubler, too. I think I'm Kate, yeah, yeah, Kate, Cole, Kate. I'm thinking of Cole Kubelik, Cole, Kubelik. yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, um, number two, John is on number who is number two? <laughs> number two. Uh, I've been a fan of this team for 35 years, so I'm not gonna abandon ship now. Thanks for the show, and I enjoy listening to you and Phil. Well, I patrol the streets of Charleston. Go Cox. Oh, thank you for, for uh, we have lots of respect for law enforcement on this show. And we certainly appreciate, uh, appreciate you doing that, putting yourself in harm's way so other people can be safe. Uh, and I agree. I mean, that's pretty much the same thing a lot of people said. Tristan said offense is much improved. We got a glimpse of what this offense could be. Finally got to see the deep ball. Need to find consistency. Need to find some balance in the run game. But I don't expect us to be running when we're down three touchdowns. I feel much better about the offense. Defense can't stop the run. Thought the defense was solid. I was wrong. That's a big old weakness. Even though Arkansas may be the best in the league at running the ball, still have to figure out a way to stop it. Kentucky and Georgia will try to do the same thing. Stop the run, you beat Arkansas. Oh, I agree, Tristan. I mean, that's uh, that's the key to most football games, right? And, and I, I'll, 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 you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Mo Kaba going out, right? 
But I, I'll differ with you and, and disagree and say I do think the run defense has improved. I, I think they had a terrible, terrible game. Uh, yeah. And Arkansas is really good. So when you don't play your best, um, you uh, and you play a team that is and and, and all that, you, you're, 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 the results obvious, you know. Yeah. And also, JC, I mean, there were there were flashes of pass rush with four guys against that yeah. offensive line this weekend, too, which I think yeah. we can take some hard in coming into this week. Because, like I said, I mean, pass rush, I think, is more important this week than it was last week because yeah. you don't have that threat of a running quarterback. You know, yeah, I mean, that, it will move, but he's not going to run you over. <laughs> he, he, you're not, not going to bounce off of yeah. him like you bounced off KJ Jefferson, for God's sake. Yeah, even uh, more, he hits him as hard as he did KJ Jefferson and Stetson Bennett's yeah, on the not, flat of his back. <laughs> got a hit on the uh, Tristan says hit on the deep balls. Main worries the run D. I hope Coach White can scheme something up for the ground and pound teams in the year future. Personally, I think you got to change for those teams, but I'm no defensive guy. Anxiously excited to see how the rest of the season goes. I'm trying to think of like who else on the schedule. Georgia's not very, not that, not similar to Arkansas offensively. Uh, let's see who at A&M definitely is not similar to Arkansas. <laughs> scheme wise, Florida is close. Um, Tennessee's obviously got some concepts, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of the same, it's the same offense, just with different personnel. Uh, Clemson's going to run their quarterback as long as DJ's the quarterback a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and they're Clemson's still a run oriented football team right now. Um, so and Kentucky's going to run it at you. Yeah. But let, 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 let not, he runs yeah. every now and then, but it's not all the time. But mm-hmm. you, you got to solve it, you know, and, and you got to solve it starting Saturday. And if Saturday doesn't work out, you got to do it unless in Kentucky. You got to figure out. If there is something with the scheme that, that they're doing that's not not great, I mean, I thought it was encouraging against Georgia State and that that system. Mm-hmm. That there were long periods of time where they didn't stop the run. I, it was just disappointing. Um, but Arkansas throws so much at you. You know, you got Rocket Sanders, you got KJ Jefferson, you got this, that, and the other. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I think it's yes, South Carolina needs to play better. But a lot of that Saturday had more to do with the Hogs. Than the Gamecocks. Mm-hmm. Chavez says Gamecocks will win six, maybe seven. Our talent outside the offensive line is good enough to compete with six, seven more teams on the schedule. We have to win five of those at a minimum. Well, you've already got one. And then the SC State and Charlotte. So there's three. Missouri and Vandy should be wins. So there's five. So Florida, Texas AM, Tennessee, Clemson, you know, ish, <laughs> Georgia, dare I say, this weekend. Uh, problem you have is coaching. Lindsey and White are up and down. See, you can't – I don't – Jonathan, every time you, you have a game that doesn't go well, you can't blame coaching. I mean, every single time. Yeah. Um, do, Especially do, the second half of that game because, you know, your two stars, two of your stars on defense are gone. Yeah. <laughs> You're scheming uh, yeah. around that, you know. By the end of the <laughs> uh, I, I think – Right, as far as the defensive line goes, uh, I'm just going to say, uh, uh, you know, this second year is a big deal, you know, I think as far as how do you maximize. I mean, you have to maximize your D-line at South Carolina. That, that That's normally going to be where uh, a lot of your good players are just because of where you're located. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that I, I have seen some great things out of Birch, you know, Zach Pickens uh, playing well um, in terms of keeping the – 
guards off the linebackers, letting them make plays. But it, it just there was just a break there. Um, Satterfield knows offense, but is a terrible play caller. Uh, you change coordinators in the Arkansas game and give Carolina Browns and Odom and Gamecocks win that game. Or it's very close. Kids played hard. Coaching has to get better. I, and, and, you know, look, I, I'm with you there. I just, uh, you know, sometimes it's just the other team's day. And, and you know, Arkansas won their kids, their players, won that battle. I, I, don't, I don't know that the coaches could have done much else, you know, as far as that goes. Um, Gamecock Pastor going to do Pastor's post game tomorrow as we wrap it up. That's a long one. Uh, Dylan says, I've been thinking a lot about our defense against Arkansas. And I have a question Clayton White saved last season, despite being terrible against the run. The defense had a lot of turnovers, and I think that really helped. Yeah, Gamecocks aren't getting the turnovers this year. Um, I know we lost several key defensive players throughout the game, but don't you think dropping a safety into the box would have been better and forced Arkansas to throw more? Uh, if you think about their base formation, a five offensive line, a quarterback, huge running back, we were really met down a man in the box. That The minute you start doing that, though, and that's the beauty of that offense, they're going to check into something else. Kill you get burned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's, and that's what's so dangerous about Arkansas's offense, in my opinion, and kind of the combination of things they have. You got a great running back. You got a 240 pound quarterback that's hard to stop running the ball. That's a good enough passer to hurt you downfield. You got guys who can make plays down the field. You got a, a crazy elite athletic tight end. You've got an offensive line, and that's where it all starts for them that will beat you into submission. And as well as they were playing, I mean, it, they'd have run straight into an eight man front and still would have gotten. Yeah. Got yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. So. They wouldn't have had to get create. They wouldn't have had to, to shown their hand and, you know, throwing over the top. They could have just continued to impose their will. <laughs> yeah. He goes, in a lot of ways, Beamer's game management wasn't great either. It's clear he wants to be aggressive with their calculator risk and calling ultra aggressive games. Yeah. You know, Probably the, the two-point conversion attempt there at the end, Keith, right? You're, you're still – you know, there's no difference between – well, if you get it there, then it's a touchdown and a field goal, right? Mm -hmm. um, rather than having to go for two late. But, you know, so it's probably a judgment call as to when you want to go for two. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I, I – uh, you know, so we'll see. We'll see about that. I don't have a problem with Shane being aggressive with things. You know, it's just like – when do you want to do it? And you know, so far this year, I don't think the timing's been all that bad. Lastly, this is the second week. Our long snapper is on an extra point. Is that a bad snap? Yep. And this would probably be the last week if it happens this weekend that he is the long snapper. <laughs> mm -hmm. Unless the guy the guy you have is worse, you know, you, you gotta kind of make yeah. it but then you got to ask too. I mean, could Kai Kroger have caught that and made it work like he did a couple of times last year? Yeah, because true. he was not the holder yesterday, you know, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's mm -hmm. true. Um, and I remember on the few he says on the board, South Carolina received a commitment from a long snapper during the yeah, it was during the Muschamp era. They got the long snapper Nick Muse and yeah, <laughs> and Nick Muse and everybody was just oh god. No, William and Mary transfers. Oh. <laughs> Long snapper. You know, well, that guy. You know, that was a show. <laughs> played pretty well. And last I checked, Nick Muse was a draft pick. So mm -hmm. uh, the board collectively dismissed it. Are we finally getting karma for those reactions? No. Yeah, no. I don't, don't, don't put, don't you put that evil on the big spur, Dylan. Yeah, <laughs> put that evil. Don't you put right? That. Don't you do that, man. 
Uh, anyway, and that's all from inside the game packs at gmail.com. The I hope the Sultan mailbag. Um, day. All right. Jordan, Jordan has an interesting point, right? Uh, let's not forget that the defense had the opportunity to start Arkansas multiple times, both KJ and Sanders, but couldn't quite finish tackles in the backfield at the line. That's true. Mm-hmm. A lot of broken tackles. By a lot of missed tackles. KJ, uh, which I expected the KJ thing to happen. Not so sure about Sanders. Um, but he's a big old back, too. Mm-hmm. You, you got to wrap up and take care of it, right? Right, Joel. Um, Day says, I am perfectly okay with the game plan being passed to start, but it didn't work. We tried running, which worked exceptionally well. Then we went back to the pass. And it led to one score on the next five drives. Um, I don't know that. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean. Because <laughs> no. uh, I, I thought that, like, the, the first scoring drive, like, that was um, that was a pass to Marshawn on a screen. Mm-hmm. 43 yard. And then they almost did that too much, I thought. On that one, they didn't balance mix it up at all. It was just like screen pass after screen pass, and you know, they had to settle for a field goal. So I, I'm not sure their day, uh, but he you do have a main point here. When you do something and it fails, then you switch to something that is successful. Then you switch back to what is failing without the successful stuff, even one more time. That's horrible coaching. That is, I have to like, uh, I have to look at it, I have to go back and look because I'm not sure what exactly. The deal is Ryan Ritchie says Juju is a better back right now than Lloyd. Juju gets north south. <laughs> Juju is a really good player. Uh, they need to figure out how to get the ball in his hands a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I love what they did with him in the bowl game last year, but you know, I, 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 I agree. Well, Lloyd, Lloyd can get north south. I mean, on the screen pass, he did it. I mean, from scrimmage, I think he's just running into things like everybody else. Like there's just it's crowded, you know. Yeah, there's just there's no room. <laughs> uh, Derek mentions Christian Bill Smith to run some inside. Um, yeah, you know, and like I said, I'm I'm not so sure. And I think we only saw him on like one or two plays. Yeah, they tried to hit him on a screen. The screen. And it was almost blown up. So, um, you know, moving forward, uh, Daddy O says this team doesn't have that edge and attitude like in years past. I, uh, it's been one game or two games. Let's just let's just wait to see before, um, you know, edge and attitude. I mean, I mean, I, I'll give you an example, Daddy. Like, all right, twenty thirteen, right? South Carolina goes down to Georgia, second game of the year, and this is with guys like Mike Davis and Connor Shaw, and you know, everybody, the whole the whole crew, that that, that crew that had a that had attitude and toughness that year. Uh, and they got beat 41-30 and could not stop them. Could not stop them. Could not stop them, like Nick yeah. said. Uh, and things were fine. I mean, it, it was week two. Similar game there. Oh, man, we ran over. Uh, which I expected us to do here on a Monday. Yeah, I figured as much this week, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll yeah, pick it so, all back up again tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So we will, we will definitely do that. For those of you that wonder why I shaved my head, it was – you probably didn't listen to the show or you missed the commercials. Um, it's because the Gamecocks lost. I said I wasn't going to cut my hair until the Gamecocks lost, and I was so uh, ready to get it cut, after, especially after that loss. 
Let's just shave it. That's right. Anyway, just let it go. Let just it. let it go. Let it rock and roll, right? Uh, for Phil Mullinax, JC Sherbert, this has been Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with more talk about the Gamecocks. Have a great afternoon, everyone.